0: Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. So last week, Rachel introduced us to the book of Hosea, which we're looking at uh, for a few weeks. And we read how Hosea married a woman named Goma, but she was unfaithful to him and she went off with other men. And so this week, we are going to continue The story and we are going to read chapter 3 of Hosea so this is what it says the Lord said to me to Hosea go show your love to your wife again though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress love her as the Lord loves the Israelites though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me for many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man and I will behave the same way towards you. For the Israelites will live for many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterwards, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. Well, there's quite a bit that we need to explain, I think, in that chapter of Hosea. um, And I will attempt to do some of that. But let's remember, good luck, says David, let's remember As uh, Rachel told us last week, the story of Hosea is primarily a love story. Yes, to some extent, between Hosea and his wife. But really, it's about God's relentless love for the people of Israel. And so that's why our um, sermon series is titled Relentless Love. So we see here in chapter 3 that Hosea's wife has gone off with other men. In fact, she's become a prostitute and she's in a situation that she needs to be brought out of. We don't know exactly what that situation was, um, but the Lord commands Hosea to go show your love to your wife again. I think that would have been quite a hard command to hear to be honest Hosea had to make an active choice he had to make a decision it's hard to find much romance in this chapter even though it is a love story Hosea has to make a resolute choice to love the one who has rejected him and I think that would have been very difficult for him it was humiliating, perhaps even, to chase after a woman who'd gone off with other men. So why does God make him do it? Well, it tells us in verse 1. God says to Hosea, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they too had been unfaithful to God and they turned to other gods which were really no gods at all hosea is to go after homer Agoma, despite her unfaithfulness because god has done the same thing with the unfaithful israelites god similarly has risked making a fool of himself as he relentlessly pursues the israelites even as they go after pagan gods and pagan practices. And Goma, as I said, has, has got herself into some kind of trouble and she's in a situation that Hosea needs to buy her out of. And so he redeems her. He frees her. And those of you who will know your Bibles will know that this buying back is another picture of what God does. The Bible talks about God redeeming us, God paying a price so that we can be freed from the effects of our unfaithfulness. That's just what we were remembering in the communion service. Well, redemption's not something we tend to talk about. I don't know in in your house whether you talk about redemption very often. Um, It tends to have become a bit of a kind of a spiritual or a theological word, but it is an important part of our faith. And so this week, using the story of Hosea as an example, um, but also dipping into the New Testament and thinking about what God has done for us, we're going to look at three things. First, what is redemption? Secondly, what have we been redeemed from? And thirdly, what have we been redeemed into? So first of all, what is redemption? Well, the New Bible Dictionary defines redemption as deliverance from some evil by payment of a price. In 1994, there was a film called The Shawshank Redemption. Has anyone seen it? A few of the older people in the room. The main character uh, is a guy called Andy Dufresne. He's a banker from New York, and he's falsely accused of murdering his wife and the man she's having an affair with. He gets sentenced to life imprisonment in Shawshank, a prison in Maine with a really brutal regime. He slowly adapts to life in the prison but all the time, unbeknown to anybody else in the prison, and even unbeknown to us as we watch the film, he is using a small gem hammer that's been smuggled into the prison to dig a tunnel out of his cell. It takes him 19 years to dig that tunnel. And he hides the hammer, because obviously having a hammer is, is not The sort of thing you're supposed to do he hides the hammer inside a bible that's kind of hollowed out in the with the the hammer shape and in one scene his cell is searched you might remember it if you've seen the film and the warden steps in and he takes andy's bible the warden he's a bit of a i want to say he's a bible basher because he's he preaches the bible to the Uh, to the inmates but we actually find out he's a very nasty corrupt man but he takes Andy's Bible but fortunately he doesn't open it and then he hands it back and he says to Andy I shouldn't deprive you of your Bible in it is the means of redemption and of course it's a moment of great irony when we find out at the end of the film when they actually open up the Bible, and we see where he's hidden the hammer, that it's contained Andy's means of escape, his means of redemption from his false imprisonment. The price that Andy paid for his uh, redemption was 19 years, slowly tunneling through the rock. And in the Shawshank Redemption, it's actually Andy who redeems himself but often, the price of redemption is paid by someone else. That's the case with Hosea redeeming uh, Goma. And of course, with God paying the price for our redemption. So if that's redemption, what are we redeemed from? Well, Hosea's wife was redeemed from a situation that required Hosea to buy her out of it. And Andy's redemption was freedom from being imprisoned for something that he didn't do. But what about us? Do we think of ourselves as needing redemption? Without knowing God, we think we're free, most of us. We're in control. We can please ourselves. But the Apostle Paul teaches in Romans that before we knew Christ, we were actually slaves to sin. What does being a slave to sin look like? Well, Paul describes what we could perhaps call the human condition in some well-known verses in Romans chapter 7. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. Anyone relating? (laughs) As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Deep down I really want to clean my bedroom, but I just can't bring myself to do it. But, but we can all relate, can't we? I mean, that is, that is the, the fallen nature that we have. And so that's what Paul is talking about when he's talking about being a slave to sin. We might want to do good, but our fallen nature so often gets in the way. And there is a way to be free from this, but it comes at a price. The price for Hosea to redeem his wife was 15 shekels of silver and some barley. Well, 15 shekels of silver is around 195 grams, which when I looked on Wednesday would cost you about 95 pounds to buy. Of course, the price God paid to redeem us was so much greater. In Ephesians 1, 7, Paul tells us that we are redeemed through Jesus' blood, through Jesus' death on the cross. Crucifixion was the price that Jesus had to pay in order that we could be free from the effects of sin. So if that's what we're redeemed from, what are we redeemed into? Well, let's read something else that the Apostle Paul wrote. This is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. He says, Praise be In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. We are redeemed to be in Christ, redeemed to be in the body of Christ, redeemed by Christ because of his amazing love for us into a life we can hardly imagine. Paul says, We are redeemed into a life where we have every spiritual blessing in Christ, holy and blameless in his sight, adopted as his children. And then there's this great language. Paul says that God has lavished on us the riches of God's grace. And I love that idea of of lavished. It's a picture of overwhelming generosity, almost excessive. Um, Week before last, I was in Istanbul. And the hotel we were in kept serving these desserts that were covered with cream and with chocolate sauce, far too much. But of course, I had to keep eating it. (laughs) Excessive, unnecessary calories, typical of generous Turkish hospitality, completely over the top. But that's the picture that Paul is painting for us here, that this is God's Generous love, so overwhelming, can hardly um, describe it. Andy in the Shawshank Redemption went from an austere prison with a brutal regime to freedom on a beach in Mexico. A carefree life, fixing up a boat, the ocean breeze ruffling his hair, a true picture of freedom. A night and day transformation, but even that pales into insignificance compared to the spiritual reality that Paul is trying to describe in Ephesians chapter one. So let's spend a few minutes over to you. Um, And if you've experienced God's redemption, just share around your tables, how have you experienced that? What has it felt like? What what have you seen? What have you experienced? If you have a story of, of your redemption, Um, then just share that together for a few minutes. Okay. So hopefully you were able to share some examples of, of how you've sensed God's redemption for you. And our own personal stories in that are very important. But our personal stories are actually part of a much bigger story of redemption. Let's think about the real story of Hosea. Who is God actually addressing through the book of Hosea? Who needs to be redeemed? Who's got themselves into a mess that they need buying out of? Well, of course, primarily, it's the people of Israel. We are redeemed as the people of God. That's the big redemption story. We are redeemed into the body of Christ, his people, the church. You cannot be in Christ and not be in the body of Christ. You become part of the worldwide family followers of Christ for Paul being in Christ meant being in community with other believers perhaps we can sometimes think that we can live out our faith kind of as individuals we can get spiritual input from podcasts or from YouTube sermons the occasional book even and isolate ourselves from other Christians there might be reasons why we're tempted to do that But I don't actually think that sort of faith would have made any sense to Paul. And not only because he couldn't have conceived of the internet or YouTube or even printed books. There's no redemption outside of the body of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that to be redeemed, you need to come to church. The act of coming to church is what gets you redeemed, right? We all have to make that individual choice to turn from death to life, to decide to follow Jesus. But we cannot live our lives as followers of Jesus by ourselves. And so Paul repeatedly talks to the Ephesians about life in Christ. Now we might often talk about the idea of Christ in us, and, and that's true, that's a the theological truth. But the danger is if we just talk about Christ in us is that we can limit Christ to sort of the, the shape, the space that we give him inside us. And actually Christ can become almost like our own personal spiritual guru, someone we go to when we feel the need. Whereas the idea of us being in Christ is so much greater Yes, God loves us far more than we can ever imagine. But we are not actually the centre of it all. We're not redeemed to be on our own private tropical beach, like Andy was in the Shawshank Redemption, living our best life, racking up our bucket list of experiences. No, actually, there's something far richer available. We are in Christ, and he is the centre of it all. Notice too that this redemption story stretches across all of time. So in that passage we read from Ephesians 1, Paul says, from the past we were chosen in him before the creation of the world. It's happening at present. In him we have redemption through his blood. And it's happening into the future, marked with the promised Holy Spirit a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. We enjoy our redemption now as children of God in Christ, but our redemption is also being worked out and we won't experience the full effects of that redemption until Christ comes again. It's hard to fully comprehend the implications of what it means to be in Christ. And even Paul whose brain I think seemed to be about the size of a planet, um, he cannot fully reduce this to systematic teaching. And so actually these verses we read in Ephesians 1, which in the Greek is actually one sentence, doesn't have any punctuation in it. But it's first and foremost an outpouring of praise to God. As God reveals to us more of what he has done, how much he loves us, how much we are blessed, what it really means to be redeemed, our natural response must first of all be praise and worship. After Hosea paid to take back his wife, we don't know how things turned out. Did they stay together? What was their relationship like? We can't fill in the gaps in Hosea's story. In fact, I think That's sort of the last we know of this story between Hosea and Gomer in the book of of Hosea. That's where the narrative part of Hosea ends. But what about us? We can influence how our story goes. So how do you respond to the thought that God has paid a great price to redeem you, to free you from the consequences of your rebellion, from your unfaithfulness to him, Have you thanked him for the price he's paid to redeem you? How do you respond to the idea of being redeemed to be in Christ? Do you sense that there's a whole reality of living in Christ that you are barely scratching the surface of? Perhaps if you're really honest, you've put God into a bit of a Christ in me box. You've limited Um, Christ to the sort of the space that you give him and you might need to ask God to reveal more of himself to you and be released into a deeper worship of him you might need to ask God to redeem you to free you from a faith that if you're honest actually revolves around you most of the time we talked as well about the body of Christ didn't we and maybe you love God but you need some help loving those around you in the body of Christ Maybe you've been hurt by others in the body of Christ. And you've built up some walls. You've decided to keep your distance. God's love has the power to break down those walls, to empower you to be able to trust again. So as we come towards the end of our time, we're going to do what Paul did. And we're going to respond in worship. And as the musicians come up to play, let me read some words from Hosea chapter 2, where God talks about his redeemed relationship with his people. It says from verse 16 of chapter 2, When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master, O Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. On that day, I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so that they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all swords and bows, so you can live unafraid in peace and safety." I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, BirminghamVineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.